So that's um, New Year's Day beginning by this band called um, um, U2 from Ireland, I think. Um, Ireland for sure. Um, and I like that line, uh, nothing changes on New Year's Day. Oh, sorry. Um, this is the Quarter Hour Podcast. Um, it's 7.09 a.m., day after Chinese New Year. This is Omar W.J. speaking. I want to read to you from, uh, from The Economist magazine. Um, they're talking about that, um, P-O-S with the worst comb-over in history. Comb-over is what, um, um, bald people have. Um, and that is gone now, okay. Uh, just a moment. Just a moment. Um, let's see my search history. Um, um, well, I guess that's gone. So they're talking about, um, um, a uh, 1964 trial. This Klansman, member of the KKK, the um, seminal <clears throat> seminal white power group, white supremacist group. Um, they um, this guy brought a brought a uh, reporter to a 1964 rally. And, um, oh, here we go. Um, and um, then um, they, um, let's see. So that's what uh, Trump's trial is hinging on. I hate seeing that Pete. P.O.S. Under the worst comb over in history. I can't understand that at all. At all. But I guess that's. Um, um, old style for you. Let's see. In the summer of 1964. A television repairman and Klansman. Called Clarence Brandenburg. Invited a television reporter. To join him. At a hooded rally in rural rural Ohio. The resultant footage of Brandenburg and other goons standing by a burning cross and vowing to take revengeance against blacks and Jews landed him in jail for reciting inciting violence. He was sprung by the American Supreme Court after it ruled that such a threat was too vague to abrogate his right to free speech. That precedent, the court's last rule on inflammatory speech was the nub of Donald Trump's 
League Donald Trump's defense this week. It it was a poor legal argument because an impeachment is not a criminal trial, which makes the Brandenburg case barely relevant. But it was a strong political one. Mr. Trump is appealing to partisan emotion, not reason. And a belief that the left hates free speech is scripture on the Fox mega right. Okay. Um, yeah, hate speech is okay. Um, they had this th thing called the equal, equal time. Um, doctrine where if you say one thing the other side is supposed to get to say the other thing there's this guy that can't die from cancer soon enough that's on talk radio and uh, once he got on talk radio the uh, fair whatever equal time um, doctrine went went out the equal time doctrine has been over for 28 years, so it's really ancient history. Um, thus, the war on political correctness Mr. Trump promised when he dared to call Mexicans racist and Christmas merry. Okay, okay. This is another made-up thing where um, the left has ruled left is supposed to have said you can't say Merry Christmas. Um, I know this woman didn't tell me Merry Christmas one year. She said Happy Holidays. And I'm wondering what the what what that it was about. How she pigeonholed me. You're not allowed to use the word beautiful anymore when you talk about women was Mr. Trump's take on me on hash me too. The Black Lives Matter protests, he said, were intended to silence dissent, to bully Americans into abandoning their values. Oh, okay, <laughs> great values. A uh, country founded um, by uh, people who killed American Native Americans and bought and sold slaves. Um, It's amazing that anything ever got accomplished in the first place. And now the goal is to burn it all down and build something new from the pieces. Um, let's see. This is, uh, I've been reading um, the Lexington um, column that's in the Economist magazine. It's usually the first thing I go to. Um, George H.W. Bush derided his Democratic opponent, Michael Dukakis, as a card-carrying member of the ACLU. The ACLU is American Civil Liberties Union. I think, um, you know, I don't really know what George H.W. Bush stood up for, I know he is a war hero and an athlete at Yale 
and when he went to work for his oil company, he uh, took an entry-level wage, entry-level position, and an entry-level wage. Um, and um, one of his sons became governor of Florida, and the other one, unfortunately, became president of the United States. Too bad he didn't get a job as um, a baseball commissioner. Uh, he could have just uh, rode that out. Um, the son who became president made his money off the Texas Rangers football team when he sold them in their stadium, a stadium built with tax dollars. Um, Okay, ACLU lawyers have carried on defending the speech and assemblies of Nazis in Charlottesville three years ago, just as among the Holocaust, Holocaust survivors of Skokie, Skokie, Illinois in 1978. That was pretty famous for people with um, long memories like me. Um... I was in high school when that happened. Um, sorry to give you biologic, autobiographical details. Um, okay, slow news day here. Let me look at... Um, um, let's see, I guess the ACLU sued... Trump's administration over 400 times and advocated impeaching him twice. Um, and it has doubled in size during the Trump years. The defenders of American rights are still mostly moderate and effective. The liberal mainstream, by the same token, is probably less vulnerable to illiberal groupthink then is claimed, yet both are moving in that new and worrying direction, and the end point is unclear. Let's see, what else does the... Oh, um, there's a... You may not um, remember the game called Space Invaders. Um, they're... Uh, um, Game, um, I don't know, the game screen is, um, is on the, um, on the, uh, whatever, whatever screen I'm looking for, for The Economist, um, um, how well will vaccines work, February 13th. Um, 2021, and um, it says uh, they will not simply eradicate COVID-19. Governments need to start thinking about how to live with the virus. Um, and American exceptionalism is over. Okay. And the search for extraterrestrial life may soon 
um, yield a um, an answer. Um, let's see, COVID and colleges. COVID-19 school closures are widening Europe's class divisions and it will only get worse. Um, the ne- when the Never- Netherlands closed its schools in December, the Herman Wesseling College, a high school in a well-off suburb of, Amster- of Amsterdam, was ready readier than most. About half its students have parents who completed higher education. Nearly all have nearly all students have their own bedroom to study in. The school has given its pupils laptops for years. And during the first lockdown last spring, switched smoothly to remote learning. The director says students have not fallen behind a whit in terms of content, though their study schools have languished. The Mundus College, a trade school in a poor Amsterdam neighborhood, has had it rougher. About a third of its students are new immigrants or refugees. Vocational college is hard to do remotely. Classes have stayed open at half size under an exception for vulnerable students, but it is impossible to follow social distancing rules for subjects like nursing, says Diana Bromhalis. B-R-U-M-M-E-L-H-U-I-S, the director. You can't teach someone to handle a wheelchair by lecturing. She estimates that her pupils are lagging at least a quarter behind their normal pace. Well, they can learn on the job. Um, School just helps you get your first job. Um see what what's up with uh, Reuters um, I have some things recorded that I want to play Trump's defense lawyers rest their case neither side has so far announced an intention to call witnesses leaving senators on track for final arguments and a vote as soon as Saturday Pilloried in Washington, Major uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is loved back home. Okay, well, um, Northwest Georgia is no place to go, I guess. Um, GOP enthusiasm for... That's Marjorie Taylor Greene got elected from somewhere in Northwest Georgia. So I don't know if that's the Appalachian foothills or or, or what. Um, Virginia man with ties to anti-government oath keepers pleads not guilty in riot case. Well, I don't even know why that's worth a headline. Um, the Republicans are supposed to. Be losing their enthusiasm for Donald Trump. Well, they're going to vote to quit. So the status quo stays the same. And maybe finally 
There's talk, talk about closing Guantanamo Bay. Uh, When I was, um, let's see, 12, the Vietnam War ended, and I had an alcoholic tourist in um, Phuket, Phuket, um, Thailand, tell me 30 years ago, lecture me about the Vietnam War. Okay, so let's see, 30 years ago. Okay, the war had already been over for, um, um, let's see, 15 years. And, um, but this Guantanamo, it's not gonna, not gonna, it's gonna stay in everyone's memories the rest of my days. Uh, It's so sad. And for the generation after that also. Um, They could have just put all those guys on a, um, some barge and hit it out of sight. Um, Facebook, Twitter, CEOs in talks to testify at house hearing as early as March. Um, I just watched this show called The Great Hack. And um, it's worthwhile watching. Um, I'm almost as sad, or sad, um, sick of seeing um, um, these, uh, whatever, leaders of tech, their faces in the media, as I am the... uh, um, whatever, the man with the worst comb over, the P- P.O.S. who's underneath that um, P.O.S. with the fake tan and his lousy um, golf swing. Um, suppo- supposedly cheats on his golf scores. Um, let's see. Um, let me see. What do I... Oh, here. I will play something I recorded. Station's Wuhan mission was to identify the origins of the coronavirus. A mission they weren't able to accomplish. The SARS-CoV-2 may have originated from zoonotic transmission. The reservoir hosts remain to be identified. So all the work that has been done on the virus and uh, trying to uh, identify its origin uh, continue to point towards a natural uh, reservoir of this virus and similar viruses in that population. It was here in Wuhan just over a year ago that the world's first cases of the novel coronavirus were reported. The city of 10 million went on a hard lockdown for 76 days. Only bare essentials were let into the city. This market, believed then to be the ground zero from where the virus spread, was closed down. Testing samples were taken and it was fenced off. Wuhan's hospitals were swamped with patients and the images of the new deadly disease traveled around the world. 
About a year later, WHO experts arrived in Wuhan. As well as scientific challenges, they faced diplomatic ones. Fears from the West that China might try to whitewash results, and fears from Beijing that the mission might be politicized. Scientists spent two weeks in quarantine, leaving just two more for field work, including visits to the Wuhan seafood market and the region's virological institute. Despite not accomplishing the mission's main goal, experts say they were able to all but eliminate a controversial theory that the virus had come from a laboratory in Wuhan. Okay, so WHO findings inconclusive. After their, er- this is from Vox.com, and they said that the most important number is the efficacy number, the number that um, how many cases are um, prevented. Um, let me get that up for you. Um, the M- mRNA vaccine is supposed to be, um, um, I don't know how long that's been around, I'm sad to say. You can Google it yourself. Um, Pfizer and... The mRNA vaccine is supposed to be adaptable to a whole bunch of diseases. Um. I found um, this on um, Oregon Public (laughs) Broadcasting. Um, Somehow I ended up getting their stuff sent to me. Um, I guess they have a plan to beat COVID-19. COVID-19 won't spread as easily when Oregon reaches herd immunity. That's when roughly 70% of people are immune. And then Dr. Anthony Fauci said 90%. To reach herd immunity, the state (coughs) plans to be able to vaccinate millions of people. And some people will be naturally immune after surviving COVID-19. There's this uh, guy, uh, his name is Richard Quest. I used to have respect for him as a um, um, newsman until I was told um, I was misinformed. Um, uh, And supposedly he has no antibodies now after having had COVID-19. 70% of Oregon is about 3.3 million people. To get a sense for how many people that is, a sellout crowd at the Moda Center is about 20,000 people. That's where the Trailblazers play, I guess. 3.3 million people. The Trailblazers is an NBA basketball team. 3.3 million people is about 165 sellout crowds at the Moda Center. So how is that going to work? Oregon officials have been averaging 16,000 first doses per day. Current COVID-19 vaccines require two doses spaced two to four weeks apart for maximum protection. At that rate, it would take more than a year to vaccinate 3.3 million people. About 150,000 of those vaccines are shipped in from out of state each week and distributed at a number of different locations, hospitals, public health clinics, 
and tribal health centers. Tribal health centers are for the indigenous people. Temporary clinics, airgrounds, convention centers, pharmacies. And this is supposed to be February 5th, 2021 news. Officials have planned three phases. Limited supply, phase one, vaccines available to specific groups. Phase two, likely sufficient supply, vaccines available to general population. Phase three, routine distribution, open access, possibly similar to flu shots. Who is in which phase is still being determined. You know, the vaccines have been approved for people under age 16. As of February 3rd, 2021, Oregon is in Phase 1B. Phase 1A, health care workers, skilled nursing. Phase 1B, educated educators, school staff, adults over 65, BIPOC communities, people with underlying conditions, farm workers, food processing workers, people in multi-generational housing. Herd immunity isn't a strict requirement to start returning to normal life. Before we get there, the combination of mass, social distancing, and vaccinations may start bringing case numbers down. We're unlikely to eradicate COVID-19 entirely, but eventually we may learn to manage it. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's um, too bad people don't want to wear their masks. Um, it's really sad. So um, I uh, uh, didn't mind... Didn't mind the man with the worst comb-over in history. Um, comb-overs, when bald people comb their hair on top of their heads. Um, um, I saw this thing in Times Square that I would have never noticed except for the um, um, pandemic. And it was called Embrace the Absurd. And that's from... Albert Camus, who won the Nobel Prize, uh, I guess it's over 60 years ago now. Albert Camus grew up surrounded by violence. His homeland of Algeria was mired in conflict between native Algerians and colonizing French Europeans. He lost his father in the First World War and was deemed unfit to fight in the Second. Battling tuberculosis in France and confronting the war's devastation as a resistance journalist, Camus grew despondent. He couldn't fathom any meaning behind all this endless bloodshed and suffering. He asked if the world was meaningless, could our individual lives still hold value? Many of Camus' contemporaries were exploring similar questions under the banner of a new philosophy called existentialism. Existentialists believe people were born as blank slates, each responsible for creating their life's meaning amidst a chaotic world. But Camus rejected their school of thought. He argued all people were born with a shared human nature that bonded them toward common goals. One such goal was to seek out meaning, despite the world's arbitrary cruelty. Camus viewed humanity's desire for meaning and the universe's silent indifference as two incompatible puzzle pieces and considered trying to fit them together to be fundamentally absurd. 
This tension became the heart of Camus' philosophy of the absurd, which argued that life is inherently futile. Exploring how to live without meaning became the guiding question behind Camus' early work, which he called his cycle of the absurd. The star of this cycle, and Camus' first published novel, offers a rather bleak response. The Stranger follows Merceau, an emotionally detached young man who doesn't attribute much meaning to anything. He doesn't cry at his mother's funeral. He supports his neighbor's scheme to humiliate a woman. He even commits a violent crime. But Merceau feels no remorse. For him, the world is pointless, and moral judgment has no place in it. This attitude creates hostility between Merceau and the orderly society he inhabits, slowly increasing his alienation until the novel's explosive climax. Unlike his spurned protagonist, Camus was celebrated for his honest philosophy. The stranger catapulted him to fame, and Camus continued producing works that explored the value of life amidst absurdity, many of which circled back to the same philosophical question. If life is truly meaningless, is committing suicide the only rational response? Camus' answer was an emphatic no. There may not be any explanation for our unjust world, but choosing to live, regardless, is the deepest expression of our genuine freedom. Camus explains this in one of his most famous essays, centers on the Greek myth of Sisyphus. Sisyphus was a king who cheated the gods and was condemned to endlessly roll a boulder up a hill. The cruelty of his punishment lies in its singular futility. But Camus argues all of humanity is in the same position. Only when we accept the meaninglessness of our lives can we face the absurd with our heads held high. As Camus says, when the king chooses to begin his relentless task once more, one must imagine Sisyphus happy. Camus' contemporaries weren't so accepting of futility. Many existentialists advocated for violent revolution to upend systems they believed were depriving people of agency and purpose. Camus responded with his second set of work, The Cycle of Revolt. In The Rebel, he explored rebellion as a creative act rather than a destructive one. Camus believed that inverting power dynamics only led to an endless cycle of violence. Instead, the way to avoid needless bloodshed is to establish a public understanding of our shared human nature. Ironically, it was this cycle of relatively peaceful ideas that triggered his fallout with many fellow writers and philosophers. Despite the controversy, Camus began work on his most lengthy and personal novel yet, an autobiographical work entitled The First Man. The novel was intended to be the first piece in a hopeful new direction, the cycle of love. But in 1960, Camus suddenly died in a car accident that can only be described as meaningless and absurd. While the world never saw his cycle of love, his cycles of revolt and absurdity continue to resonate with readers today. His concept of absurdity has become a part of world literature, 20th century philosophy, and even pop culture. Today, Camus
Sue remains a trusted guide for moments of uncertainty. His ideas defiantly imbuing a senseless world with inspiration rather than defeat. Do you handle life's challenges as a stoic or a cynic? Find out which philosophy... So uh, that was from Ted Ed. Um, one of uh, Camus' uh, contemporaries, John Paul Sartre. Um, and I don't know if, if it is his girlfriend, Simone, Simone Beauvoir, who came up with the idea that um, existence, that um, who you are, precedes um, uh, your essence, what you, what you were supposed to be. Um, and the famous example is the, is a pair of scissors. Like the idea of the pair of scissors comes up before the manufacturer of the actual scissors. Um, so I'm sorry to go on so long here. This is um, the Chinese New Year special. segue after Albert Camus. Um, it's 7.44 uh, Arabian Standard Time. Uh, as I said, this is the Chinese New Year special. Um, Happy New Year. Um, I think I said everything I gotta say. This is Omar W.J. Until, until whenever. Uh, oh, um, Biden, President Biden says that supposed to be have uh, 300 million vaccines in the USA.
Um, no news about my vaccine here in Saudi Arabia.